walking really brings the dog out of me, which sounds like a really bad, like somebody attempting to do like modern country or blues. And because they pose with a whiskey bottle, they think that they actually have something to offer. They would totally sing a song. It's like, walking is the dog of me. Walking is the dog of me. <laughs> or not, not what? Rather, walking brings out the dog in me. But I think I like walking is the dog in me. But it is one of those things, you know, like my dog Batman. He'll run out into the backyard, and if it's the, especially if it's like the first time he's been out in the yard for the day, you can see him kind of dart around, and he'll check these different spots. You know, it's like a patrol, and I, I relate heavily to that idea of patrol. Like, I would not mind a patrol job. Like, if you just had to patrol an area, security. I don't think that, I really, I do that anyway. But maybe if you paid me for it, I'd hate it. Maybe it's one of those things that, like, because I choose to patrol, it's different. Because I choose to kind of patrol around, it's different. Whereas, you know, if I was forced to do it for a living, I might resent it. Because so many things work that way. You know, art can work that way. So can patrolling. But, you know, Batty checks his different spots. And, and I realize I do that. Like, you know, I'll walk around, like, even quite a ways from my neighborhood. You know, just an area that is familiar to me. And I'll kind of walk around and I'll be like, I need to look down that alley. I need, to, I need to look over there. You know, I need to look around. So it's just this funny little thing. Like, I'm checking everything. But, yeah, you know, since that last episode about, uh, you know, just the humanity on display... I feel like it just keeps unveiling itself and unveiling is really the right word because that's what I've been seeing. That's what I've been seeing is just a great unveiling. I mean, uh, you know, last night I was down at the marina and uh, I was talking to my friend on the phone, just minding my own business. And as I approached, you know, where the boats are docked, there were some people coming up from the boats and I, I saw a young woman who was in a very uh, minimal bikini, I guess you could put it. You know, just I, I saw her from the front. Uh, and I was a little surprised by that. Just like this dog is surprised by me. He's patrolling. It's a good, that's, how you, that's how you talk when you're doing some good patrolling. But, uh, you know, it was just a very, very minimal bikini, especially for this area. Like, you know, I've lived here for 16 years 17 years. I've lived here for 17 years and I've never seen anything like this. And then in the span of one week, it's all I'm seeing. You know, and it wasn't even just this, this minimal thing. It wasn't even just minimal. It was, you know, again, like this thong bikini type thing. Very, very revealing. And then sure enough, tonight, I was driving my friend home and I went through my neighborhood, but there's this other part of the neighborhood that's like a different different build of houses and that kind of thing. And there's just this, this mom, extremely attractive, sitting in the driveway just wearing like a, like a shirt and a black thong, like while her kid is playing and they're like, she's like riding with sidewalk chalk and I can, I can see the dad doing stuff in the yard. And I didn't say anything because I'm just, it, like I feel like I'm hallucinating. I said to my friend earlier, I was like, I feel like I'm hallucinating, but this would be the ideal psychosis. 
because you think about somebody who's hallucinating it's it's confusing and scary and tormenting i'm just saying i'm just seeing you know humanity on full display and I, it took me a few minutes and i said to my friend i was like did you see that back there and and she was like no and i, I described it but what was funny is when we drove by that she commented about the kid my friend said, like, oh, so many people have kids now, you know, like speaking of our age group, because these people look like they were around our age. And so she noticed the kid, but I, I obviously I noticed something else. Uh, but if it's a hallucination, if this is a psychosis, it's an ideal psychosis. You're just seeing, you know, beautiful women around wearing practically nothing in a, in a part of the country where that's just not common. If this was Miami, if this was South Beach, it'd be a completely different story, but it's... I've lived here a long time. I've lived in this part of the country my entire life, and you've just never seen anything like this. And why I keep bringing it up isn't just to turn this show into creep hour. Creep hour. Creep hour. Now, this isn't meant to be a creep show. It, for me, it's just almost, you know, it's just kind of amazing to witness this, because I, I do feel like it's somehow in response to all this pent-up energy, all this, like, being cut off. It's almost like it being summer and restrictions being lifted. It's almost just like, let's just show it all off. And that kind of... Well, and then something else happened tonight, too, where... This isn't about... <laughs> this is a little different, but still, I feel like it, it's kind of in league with this stuff, where... I think I talked about it on here before, but there's a... A statue in, in downtown Olympia by the water of a couple kissing and the woman is taller than the man and so people have politicized it which I think is just I, I never would have noticed I never would have cared that the woman in this statue is taller than the man I've dated people who are a lot taller than me I'm like 5'10 maybe 5'11 I don't know I'd say I'm about 5'10 and I, you know I dated somebody who was like six foot one she was very tall. Um, so, But I, it's not something that even crosses my mind. Like, I mean, you're aware of it in the same way you're aware of the fact that somebody has, like, blue eyes or brown eyes or whatever. You know, you're aware of it in the same fact, in the same way you're aware of any just fact about them. But it's not something that crosses my mind as, like, I'm, I'm shorter than my girlfriend. You know, it's, it's not like that. And so, of course, I didn't really notice the statue... Until someone said to me, oh, it's so cool. It's so cool that the, the woman of the statue is taller than the man. I just never would have thought about it. And I think it's kind of silly, actually, you know, to see it that way. Whether it was intended that way or not. But it's just a little bit silly to me. And uh, But anyway, I was walking by that statue. I don't, I don't remember if I brought it up before or not. And there was a couple standing by it, because couples always take selfies in front of it. Like, sometimes they're kissing, sometimes they're not. They'll just do couple poses. They'll have other people take their photo. And I saw this couple there. And as I started to pass them by, I could just tell, you know, because I can always, you know, I can pick up on those, like, whatever they are, whether it's psychic phenomenon or whether it's just, like, these micro-movements that I become aware of, but, you know, I could tell that they were going to say something to me. I could tell the guy, he was kind of like looking around. I could just feel that he was going to interact with whoever walked by. And he's like, Hey man, can you take our picture? And I was like, sure. You know, and now we're at a time where like people will just hand you their phone, like regardless of whether you're, 
vax vaccined from the coronavirus or not, you know, which is nice, you know, and I just, I thought nothing of taking the guy's phone. I'm actually recording this episode. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, some people are jamming out here. People are jamming out. I got a stand-up bass I can see through the window. Just just hang out here. I love the, I love all the live local music, you know? Just, just gotta love that live local music. But anyway, I could just tell the guy was gonna say something to me, and he's just like, hey, can you take, he's like, can you take a bunch of pictures of us? Like, just keep hitting the button in a row. Like, just take a bunch, you know, almost like you're practically recording them. Just hit the, the photo button a bunch is what he wanted. And I was like, sure. And he was good-natured, you know, they were they were outgoing, and, and you know, it was good-natured. But, uh, so I started taking pictures of them, and then they just started completely making out. Like, not exaggerated, but like, almost romantically you know so it was like it wasn't even like clear whether it was a joke or not but that's what they were doing and i was just like oh like i I took a few photos you know for it but then i just i walked up to him and i said i feel weird watching you i feel i know i said i I feel weird watching you do that (laughs) and uh I handed him back the phone and just quickly walked away because it did feel weird. I'm like, it, it was, and it was funny. It was one of those like self-aware moments where it wasn't that I even felt weird about the fact that they were doing that. And I was like taking photos of them. I was actually thinking about like what cars driving by were seeing or other people walking by. Cause I mean, this is a very public place where a lot of people congregate. And I was, I was more just thinking like people are someone I know could drive by or walk by for that matter and they're just going to see me taking photos of a couple making out by the the couple kissing statue you know i was like i don't, I don't want somebody to see me doing that i don't you know because because it, it was obvious that i was doing it like for them like i wasn't some creep even though this is the creep hour now you know, it wasn't like I was some creep who was like secretly taking photos of this couple kissing. Like, it would have been obvious that they had asked me to do it. But that's almost worse in a weird way. Like, like that's that's almost worse than if somebody just thought I was like sneakily taking photos of somebody. Like, it's almost worse. Like that, it's like this consensual, like weird thing where I'm like this third wheel taking photos of a a couple who's really true. Like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. They were making out. It's like this long, extended French kiss. And it wasn't just static either. You know, they weren't just, they weren't frozen. That's what I'm getting at here. And I was, when I, when I realized this wasn't just a pose, I just was like, I'm giving you, I, I feel weird watching you do that. But it was funny. No, I, I walked away smiling. That's the thing, as I wasn't offended. I feel like in a weird way, it was almost karma for me retelling the story about when I came upon that couple having sex in the woods and, you know, making mean comments about their Netflix bodies. I feel like it was karma for me retelling that story. I was forced to photograph this couple making out in front of this statue that I didn't used to think about, but now I always think about it because somebody politicized it for me. Just my karma. Go talk to the yogi master about my karma. How do I burn this karma? But anyway, no, it's, I feel like that's part of it too, where it's just like humanity on display. This couple's just like out having a great time. Can you take our photo and they just make out in front of you? You know, just these, these skimpy outfits, if you can even call them that, that I've been seeing 
over and over again for the last week. And again, if, if it's, this is a psychosis, it's an ideal psychosis. I got no complaints. I'm just kind of, you know, basking in it. And, you know, but it gets, I was talking to my, my brother Nick last night. And he brought up that idea of mycelium. You know, it's, you know, I don't know that I'm getting this 100% right, but just, you know, it's this kind of network of mushrooms under the earth and they communicate. And I, you know, I've heard people use that kind of as a metaphor or analogy for psychic phenomena or inexplicable intuition, things that we just kind of know, synchronicity. And I've heard, I can't remember who it was, I think it's more than one person, but I've heard people say that they believe we used to be a lot more like mycelium, because that's still there. Like, if you open yourself up to that, it's still there. And I've had a few situations happen recently where I heard about something, and then I guessed that like a certain person would contact me, or a certain set of events would play out. And it has, and it's nothing big or grandiose or important. And that's what I always say about synchronicity, where it doesn't have to be big or grandiose or important. The simple fact of it occurring is a reminder of the wholeness and interconnectivity of everything. And that's what my friend was getting at when he was talking about mycelium, is he was talking about how, you know, there is this, this unseen interconnectedness and fungus, mushrooms, communicate that way. And it, it does kind of mirror, you know, whether you call it psychic phenomenon, whether you call it intuition, whether you call it synchronicity, just that ability to kind of perceive something that isn't guaranteed, but you just kind of intuitively, intuitively know it. And... So we just turned into a joke, you know, that just mutated into us joking around about like mycelium explaining all kinds of things that are going on right now, including people showing themselves off. Like it's like there's this great urge for everybody to connect right now and not necessarily directly, not necessarily like we should all go to the same party together. We should all go to the same tent event, the same festival together. It's not even like that. It's just that people are observing each other. It's people watching people, watching people. And communicating in all kinds of ways. And again, I was talking in the last episode about pheromones, and I think that's playing a role where we're suddenly exposed to you know pheromones on a level that we were completely shut off from. And even when we were around people, we were wearing masks that prevented our ability to perceive those pheromones. So we've been very cut off. And I think it's just all out there right now. People are out there for the summer. And it's not just that stuff, though. It's not just, you know, a physical thing, obviously. But you think about, like, what that is. You know, the, the desire to just kind of, like, let it all hang out one way or another. In a way, it, it's, it's communicating, like, some kind of connectedness. And whether or not it's, like, some kind of, you know, sexual signal or not that I'm seeing out there a lot right now, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, that's how it's going to be perceived. And, you know, what is a greater example of that interconnectedness than that 
like the desire to procreate with another person and create yet another person or multiple people like two people literally combining themselves together to create another person who's going to combine themselves together and they do it you know through this you know certain act and so you know picking up on you know all these signals lately it does seem like it doesn't make a certain sense, I guess, is what I would say. You know, it does make a certain sense where it feels like, okay, yeah, you know, that is an example of, like, the mycelium. That's the, that's the example of the, my, the mycelium pulling people together, you know, the human mycelium. And, you know, a lot of people have had these existential doubts they've had to deal with more so than ever maybe and a lot of people cure their existential doubts by maybe starting a family I don't know that that cures everybody but it does seem to do something for a certain type of person and that's as far as I'm concerned not for me at this point but I would never make a, a bold declaration about it uh, but it, it still just is interesting to me how uh, what I'm seeing seems to be like almost like a, a call, you know, for connectedness of, of one kind or another. Because it's not just these kind of physical, biological displays. It's not just that. It's coming out in a lot of different ways. And, it, you know, I'm honestly delighted by it because... Anything that isn't people hating each other and out to get each other, people at each other's throats, as I run across the road, but um, anything that isn't that right now, to me, is a good deal. That, that to me, is a good deal. Anything that doesn't... But, but I mean, of course, this leads to that. That's the problem. You know, people all kind of have this uh, positive spirit right now. But eventually things kind of revert. You know, the system kind of returns to its original shape. And, you know, for all I know, things are... <laughs> for, all, for all I know, I'm just getting... For all I know, I'm in a fantasy world, you know. You know I, I really have no idea at this point, but... Uh, that's good enough for me. Again, if it is a fantasy world, it's an okay one for once. Because it's funny that we think of a fantasy world as something positive, like, oh, he's in a fantasy world. And, you know, it, you think of, it's like something that you want. Like, you're, we think of your fantasy as being something desirable. Like, not even thinking about the term fantasy world, but just like when somebody has a fantasy, there's this kind of presumption when you hear that, that it means something desirable to that person. When the reality is, a lot of people's fantasies are actually morbid and exactly what they don't want. But they're drawn to that. And they visualize it. Because if you're spending your time visualizing some kind of outcome, you're having a fantasy. You're doing some fantasizing. But it's not necessarily something that people want. And of course, some people want dark things. You know, there are dark fantasies where someone desires something bad. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about people actually fantasizing about something they don't want and they know they don't want it, but they can't really escape that fantasy world. And that's fear. That's paranoia. 
That's jealousy. And I've been talking to someone about that. Someone I know who's going through a situation and I, you know, I, I'm always winging it. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I have any great advice necessarily to give someone. But, you know, I like talking about things at the very least. Like, I like having conversations and if anything is productive in that, that's good enough for me. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about how, uh, I, I was thinking about how, like, with, with the idea of jealousy, like, somebody was talking to me about jealousy and paranoia, and especially in a relationship. And when you hear that in a relationship, what does that mean? Typically, cheating, infidelity, fears, fears of those things. Someone who's obsessing about the possibility of that thing. And what I've learned is that the most jealous people are also the people who are more likely to cheat. Like somebody who spends a lot of their mental energy being jealous when they don't need to be. Because there's, there's a time, I mean, jealousy isn't, you know, you think of jealousy as a fundamentally bad feeling. Like you shouldn't feel it. Even hearing the word jealous, like nobody ever uses it in a positive way. But there's a reason why jealousy exists. It's like hatred or anything else. Like, you can see the lack of wisdom that our society has when they try to pretend that you can get rid of hatred. When it's like, no, hatred has a purpose. You have to understand it so that you can use it for its purpose. It has a time and a place. And in the case of hatred, that's a rare time and place. But it exists in us for a reason. And if you pretend that it doesn't exist for a reason, you're actually more likely to abuse it. You're actually more likely to immerse yourself in it. It exists for a reason. It's a tool. Everything we feel is a tool to deal with a certain situation. Yeah, some people can get disordered about it. Some people can develop disorders where they take it too far or get preoccupied with it. But there's a reason why we as a whole all feel that. Like everybody feels hatred at some point or another, whether they call it that or not. Because you can see where the people who are out there supposedly fighting hatred are filled with hatred. So what does that tell you? It tells you the word hatred isn't the actual essence of that. And you're lying to yourself if you think that the word itself has any weight at all. It's something that's inside all of us. And that tells me that that itself is not inherently pathological. The fact that we all feel and experience hatred to some degree or another tells me that it's, it's not inherently pathological. It has a purpose. But it's a scary road. It's a scary road to kind of try to understand what that purpose is. You know, because that can go all kinds of different ways. But it's the same thing for jealousy. And you think of jealousy as something that, like, nobody feels good saying, oh, I'm jealous. Nobody likes being accused of being jealous. Even blatantly, obscenely jealous people cringe when somebody actually calls them out for being jealous. But jealousy, like hatred, has its time and place. There is a time and a place where you get a, a feeling about the way your girlfriend mentions a coworker or, or, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, she brings that guy up a little, a little bit too much. 
or in a moment where when she lacks self-awareness she makes a comment about like some friend of hers or some guy and it just it sets off an alarm bell and you might not say anything but it just kind of it makes you go I've got to keep my eye out on that but some people get addicted to that feeling Sometimes they want to feel that. Maybe sometimes they they were... I mean, I was thinking about this. I was talking to my friend about this, about how there's people out there who their first relationship ever, or maybe like a succession of early relationships, all involved like infidelity, getting cheated on, or, or, or you know something like that. Or, or I mean, there, there are women out there who like their early experiences involve getting abused. And I don't, I don't mean like getting sexually abused. I just mean like their first boyfriend hit them. And then maybe another one did. You know, just something like that. And that kind of becomes their baseline. Um, and there's people who, like, they think that jealousy, like, uncontrolled, obscene jealousy is just sort of a normal part of a relationship. But it ha- does have a role. I mean, there are situations where you go, okay, I'm, I, you know, I, there's, there's some sort of alarm bell going off. Not that it's... Not that it's like there's reason to make a big deal out of it, but just I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to that. I'm gonna make sure that's not just a one-off. And what you do from there, I don't know, but you can get addicted to that feeling. And what's crazy though is that like some people put themselves in situations where someone does give them reason to be jealous all the time, and they stay with that person because again they're addicted to that feeling. It gives them a sense of meaning. They view their significant other with contempt. Like I knew this couple and they were always cheating on each other and it blew my mind how much contempt they had for each other. And of course they did because they're cheating. Another friend of mine, I'm trying not to name names, but he was involved with a married woman and like he said that she felt bad for her husband But I said, you know, that she felt really bad for him. And maybe she did. I'm sure I'm sure she wasn't completely lying. I mean, she married this man. But my response was just like, oh yeah, she feels so bad for him that she's going to fuck another guy behind his back. You know, she feels so bad for him that that she's going to do she's going to commit the ultimate act of betrayal. I don't know. You know, to me that's not what you do when you have empathy for somebody. You know, I know the world's a complicated place. I've been in situations I should not have been in. You know, I, I think I've said before on here that I've never cheated on a girlfriend or anybody that I've been dating in any way. Like, I've had girls who are friends while I'm in a relationship, but there's no flirtation, there's no nothing. It's just friendship. But, uh, <coughs> I'm just getting a cough here. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've never actually cheated on a girlfriend in any in any way. But that said, I have been the other man before. Where, like, somebody who's in a relationship is seeing me, and it's, you know, obviously temporary. I can't imagine these people who do that for years. But it was eye-opening, and I'll never do that again. I will never do that again. Because it, it opened my eyes. It made me realize that while I'm not, an, I'm not a naive person... But I do think I'm kind of innocent with that stuff where I didn't realize like what a dark shadow world some people live in and the level of contempt they have for the people who are in their life. It just it blew my mind. And I, I didn't even have any dog in the race. You know, I'm just this guy who met somebody. 
who I got along with. <coughs> but I realized that was that's no excuse either. You know, it's not an excuse for that kind of behavior, and I won't go on, you know, preaching here. And I'm just, this is what I've learned. This isn't even about me pointing the finger at anybody else. This is just what I've learned. But talking to that friend last night about jealousy and the paranoia that people develop, uh, it's, it's a wild thing. You know, it's a wild thing, and, and I mean that. Like, it's, it's this thing, it's like, it's almost like it's growing like like sort of like an invasive species like there are plants in this area that aren't native here you know everybody knows what an invasive species is but just these plants that will just take over an entire area and they don't belong there and that's kind of how paranoia is it will just take over somebody's mind it's it's absolutely brutal developing a cough but anyway so yeah I mean that's just kind of you know the world we live in and I mean that's the thing though is like while things do feel kind of free and open right now and I don't know how much this is true for anybody else but in a town that's actually kind of like this town is repressed in a in a weird way like people claim to be liberated but it, I mean I think it's what you'll find in any mid-sized liberal town, liberal city, is that while the, the average person who lives here acts like what they're fighting all the time is some kind of repression, they're, ac <coughs> they're actually much more deeply re repressed, you know, than, than the people that they claim are, are repressing them. They have a lot more of their own internal repression going on. And so that's why it's so surprising to see just this grand display lately. And it does feel kind of free. It does feel kind of liberated. It does feel like people are just connecting. Like even just, even indirectly. Just people are seeing people and people are hearing people and they're seeing faces and they're smelling pheromones and people are showing themselves off. Something they have not been able to do in the flesh. But, you know, that's how things once were. That's like garden, that's the Garden of Eden. It kind of has a Garden of Eden feel out there right now. <coughs> There's definitely a Garden of Eden feel. But it also, you can almost see what's coming. Not to end this on a dark note, because I'm feeling good. But you can almost see the other shoe dropping. Like, next thing you know, Next thing you know, I'm going to see, like, two men just fighting over a woman in a G-string, like, in public. You know, that's the next thing I'm going to see, is, like, two men just, like, coming to blows while a woman in a G-string just watches on with, like, half horror, half delight on her face. Because that is what comes next. And that's when the, the system kind of starts to revert back to its original shape. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen economically who, who knows what's going to happen politically this is just what i'm observing socially and so it's only a matter of time before things start to take their original shape but i'm going to enjoy this while it lasts i'm just going to enjoy this feeling in the air while it lasts you know and uh to me it's it's the mycelium calling 
we have a great opportunity right now to kind of feel that mycelium, the human mycelium. And I was joking to my friend, I was like, Project Mycelium. We are enthusiastic participants in Project Mycelium. Hey.